Hello guys and welcome to Let's Talk with Chuck. And tonight I actually have two guests with me this time. Them being both my friends. One to my left is Colton and the other one to the, to my right is Andrew. Yeah, that happens sometimes. Yeah. Same guy that I would uh, stream video games with. But tonight we are going to talk about movies. Is that right? That was the understanding. Understanding. Yeah, I, I'd say... In all their various forms. Cinematography, choreography. Cinematography, choreography, choreography. yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Just really good screenshots, too. Like, there's some really great backdrops from a bunch of movies. What's the first movie you think of, though, Colm? I mean, if we're talking about just cinematography, it's got to be John Carpenter's The Thing, the original. I mean, the way Like, the very first one that came out yeah the thing. like with kurt Black russell and, oh, absolutely uh, no that was the second one that came out was it not that no, was a that prequel was a, that was the 2011 was the prequel and then the one that came out in 84 i believe was was it 84 I yeah so. i think you're right it was 84 85 it was somewhere and around then there. there was like a 90s really you know what the special edition, like that came out on DVD, there was like the anniversary, the yeah, the yeah. ten year anniversary in like ninety five, but it was just a remaster. But yeah, like those those effects for those kind of movies, it was really good practical effects, and the way that it was shot, like the whole scene where they first uncover parts of the alien ship that they drag the thing out of, it's actually not even a set; it's a green screen. That they superimposed a painting on. It was all an oil painting they commissioned by an artist, mm-hmm. and it, it's really good depth. But I mean, if if we're talking, you know, practical effects, you've also got to give props to like Industrial Light and Magic and the Star Wars crew and yep. the first movies. Um, I also give a lot of props to. Was it Spielberg that did Jaws? I think so. Like, one movie I can think of... That, that shark was, was nuts, man. There was a lot of animatronics, and they got it wet a bunch. Oh, yeah. Like, one movie I can think of that was in the 80s, well, also came out in 84 as well, was Terminator. Mm-hmm. Their effects, then, too, with that, with, what, what is it, James Cameron, he literally made sure all of his movies were top-notch. And, I mean, it's funny that you bring that up, because both of you have known me since childhood, mm-hmm. and one of the first sci-fi movies I ever really remember watching with my mother was the first Terminator where he comes back to kill Sarah Connor and Kyle Reese comes to protect her Mm -hmm. and as a kid the line that always stuck with me is like they're riding away in the stolen fucking beater car Uh and she asks Kyle what's after her and he says it's a machine Sarah it can't be bought bargained with or reasoned with it feels no fear, no pain, and it knows no love. Mm-hmm. And it absolutely will not stop until it kills you. You have to blow it to pieces and hope the pieces don't keep trying to kill you. And then at the end of it, when it's revealed, it's not Arnold. It's just this weird robot endoskeleton. Yeah. Like, that imprinted on me as a kid. And I immediately was afraid of Terminators. And now I've grown up. And we have, like, Boston Dynamics making dancing robots, and we have AI. And <laughs> I'm still Everywhere. over here, like... Cars that can drive themselves, like... 
Yeah, like, I'm still over here. I have trouble trusting a smartphone. Like, I'm definitely not giving a Boston Dynamics robot the ability to throw a 500-pound crate at me. Like, not comfortable with it. So I've seen Terminator a lot. That was a great movie. I, I got on a tangent there, but that was definitely a deep-seated fear of mine from childhood, and I think that's why you brought that up. <laughs> oh, my gosh, look at this robotic car driving itself. It's going to throw a truck on me. It is the truck it throws on you, Andrew. It is the truck it throws on you. Oh my gosh, it's throwing a little Matronic truck at me. But anyway. Look, you you think it's funny until you get ran over by one of Elon Musk's smart cars. Freaking Transformers, man. That was one that actually stuck with me. That was really good. I want to see some. Absolutely. I mean, I, I don't like Michael Bay's affinity for blowing stuff up, but... It's not Michael Bay without it, though. But, yeah, you can't you can't have a Michael Bay movie without, like, a hot girl in a bikini, a shot just blatantly objectifying her, mm. and then lots of explosions. One of my... One, moving a little bit forward on to choreography... Before you do that, though, I'm going <coughs> to interrupt you. Absolutely. I just want to let you know, you, you were asking about the Jaws. The Jaws came out in 1975. No shit. Yeah, with Roy Snyder in it. I thought that was I really thought that was like Steven an Steven Spielberg. Movie. It was Spielberg. I said Spills with you know an they named You know they named the shark, the animatronic shark in Jaws? They named it Bruce. Bruce. And like... The I thought thing they would have named it Meg. They named it Bruce. <laughs> Shut up, Meg. And... They talked about how, because they had to submerge it a lot, and a lot of the shots with Bruce were achieved in essentially an Olympic-sized swimming pool or in shallow parts of, of a bay. Mm-hmm. Um, but because they had to submerge it a lot, the machines, the, the, the mechanisms in the machine would seize up and create this weird lurching sound. And it would sound creaky and groany, and they had to cut it out in post. So, yeah, I I can only imagine that for the actors, like, uh, (laughs) the the captain, dude, if if it started making audible voices, I would quit the crew and just pay my way out of the contract. (laughs) But, like, the captain, I can't remember his name. uh, Let's call him Michael. Captain Shaw, the the one that they hired to hunt the, yeah, the nails on the chalkboard guy. The scene where he's literally getting bitten half the end of the boat, I can only imagine that it's probably scarier for the actor than it is for us because he also hears the machine like... He legit thinks it's probably going to close in on his ass. Yeah, and they're they're giant metal teeth and like what is essentially a pneumatic bear trap. Like, the machine could have Spoilers alert. Oh, yeah, if you haven't seen the movie that came out in 75... You're a jump uh, Captain Shaw gets eaten when the shark breaches up onto the back half of the boat. And slides them into his mouth like Hungry Hungry Hippos style. Pretty much. And, that, that, and that's how it was. The most horrifying way you can go out in this world. In my Sorry. Opinion. Spoilers for a, Has I there... don't know, 45-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a question for both of y'all. What's up? Is there a movie that actually impacted y'all in such a way that y'all loved it and continued to watch it afterwards? Pulp Fiction. Pulp. Wow, you act... You answered that so quick. Pulp Fiction, Predator, and I can tell probably... You... So you're this is a weird that, choice. Right? Okay, this is a weird choice for me. One movie that impacted me the most. It gave me the most fear. It gave me the most excitement. It gave me the most. Just like it made you wow. feel the most. Yeah, it made me feel the most. Mm-hmm. It's the called, broadest spectrum. 
yeah, the broadest spectrum of them all, really. Um, Pandorum. Wonderful movie with uh, Dennis Quaid and yeah. uh, the guy from 310 to Yuma, Ben something. He played the the ginger Frost. cowboy, yeah. Ben Frost. And like yeah, it's the one where they wake up and they pop the windows yep. of the spaceship and they think they're in deep space. Yep, that Shades of right a laser there. razor. I've never been so traumatized of waking up before because I that actually was one of the movies that made me more aware of how I'm asleep. At what point in the movie? Because I love that movie too. So you bring it up. At what? If you you've seen Pandorum, right? It's been a minute. Okay, it it's been a couple of years for me too. At what point in the movie did you become aware that they weren't in space? Did, I mean, was it same time as, as the actors? Like, was it when they revealed it, or were you did you it get was, suspicious at any point? It was during the time where I forget the main character that is having trouble Ben Frost with himself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> with himself, but he's having trouble with finding out who he truly is. There's a scene right there where it's actually giving that plot away. Like, hey, these guys been traveling, but there's no stars. That was mine. Like, when they opened the windows mm. and there was no stars, yeah. I thought to myself, like, you'd all be dead long before you reached a point where there's no starlight. Yeah. You're in something. I thought they got swallowed by something. That was my thought. Yeah. That was my movie. But you said Pulp Fiction? Yeah. Um, Why that? Because that was the first movie I watched as a kid that I wasn't supposed to. Oh, gosh. You know, like, and that's 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 what makes a movie even better, is when your parents are like, Absolutely. You can't watch this. You stay up late, or you make sure they're <laughs> gone, and you watch whatever it's it is. It's the only time you act, because we're, we're old enough. It's yeah. the only time you use a fucking TV guide. Sorry, I, I used a bit of profanity. No, no, you're good. It's the only time you use I'm a, offended. Oh, he said fuck. Don't I sue mean, me. F word. Don't sue me. Don't sue me. Oh. Oh, I'm I, already broke. See, I think like one of the best movies out there for me, three that stuck with me for so long, and it just kind of like... Oh, my third was Harley Davidson, Marlboro Man. Don Johnson and Mickey Rourke, wonderful movie. I recommend everybody watch it. Oh, yeah. It's like 92, yeah. I think. Yeah. I yeah. So the three movies I can think of at the top of my head that made me kind of like hope for but was also dreading because it seemed like it may be realistic and now for one of them at least Jurassic Park oh god because mm. mm. I feel like we do have the technology to do that. The, oh we absolutely do we can clone people there's just laws against it yeah I feel like that that was like one of the like the for eye now. openers for me for that Terminator 2 because I'm mm. I, I think that there's already stuff in the future Boston and, Dynamics is like Here's the thing. I know that the machines win. I, I don't mean to interrupt, but this no. is how I know the machines win. Because every day I wake up and there isn't a headline where somebody is standing out in front of Boston Dynamics with a torch screaming, <laughs> I'm from the future and we'll have it. You banded together to burn this place down yet. Like throwing Molotov cocktails into the factory. Mm. I don't encourage domestic terrorism of any kind. I'm right. just saying the day I read that headline is the day I know that time travel's real and we need to get on this right now. Yeah, absolutely. Like, just already but as it. of right now, it hasn't happened. So obviously, mm -hmm. the robots at Boston Dynamics are going to gain sentience and Skynet us all long yeah. before we invent time travel. Listen, yeah. So it's not listen, a problem for us. I am making people aware of Skynet by naming all of my electronics Skynet as y'all are searching for them. 
Yeah. If you Bluetooth my electronics, you'll see Skynet. Do you think caps. that the machines will be more lenient on you for spreading their propaganda? I mean, if it lets me live long <laughs> enough to see the end of humanity and then I perish, yeah, I would love that. I mean, that's, I mean, that's an admirable goal to be the last human. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I would take pride in that. Like I just to... think... I, I feel like it's more admirable if you're the last human fighting against the robots. <laughs> you know what they're <laughs> going to do? They're going to sterilize all humans, and then they're going to, you know, get rid of the humans, farm the humans, whatever. But I will be the last one sterilized. Look, I, it won't <laughs> matter because the day they can program a machine to make a machine, mm-hmm. they don't need us anymore. Not true. I think in the third movie that got me, and it still makes me wonder it deep down, because I'm like, I believe in like supernatural stuff, and I think there's like creatures out there we don't know about, we don't want to know about, in my opinion. I'm going to buy you a Dibbit box for your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, Jeepers Creepers, I feel like. Oh my gosh. That guy messed with me as a kid so hard. So, yeah. like. Oh my gosh. There's this church on the way, I when I'm going out to my mom's, I. I cut down south a little bit further and I go through the edge of Texas and, and loop back around like through you know Kiwana and stuff sometimes when I'm, I'm really wanting barbecue yeah and there's this one little back road I take to get back onto a highway and there's this church sitting out there and it's a little white church and they've got a little root cellar off to the side and it looks just like the church from Jeepers Creepers and I was going past there like two or three months ago and there was this van out front and it looked like the one from Creepers but it was white you know and it had oh. the church logo on the side and I was like, I wonder if that's how his van started out. Like, what if they were just using it as a church van before he did whatever he did to the people in that church and took over the root cellar? Because I guarantee they weren't having Sunday service there anymore. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> they were having a service in another way, but... That's not... his church now. Yeah. Go- googly goo. Because, <laughs> like, you think to yourself, too, if there was some kind of being like that, like, how do you take care of it? Like, because Guns. He... Lots, lots of, of guns, lots of guns. Yeah. but you you see that in the movies like he got like harpoon and then they kind of like reel him back in he flipped the truck that was still trying to bring him so here's how i think you take care of it i think i think both of you are going about it the wrong way well i have one idea because like you know every 23 summers he comes out on like right. 23 days whatever i mean you crap. can catch him while he's sleeping and take him out like a punk but Who's trying? To, who's not trying to get some glory? I want songs to be sung about. Okay, me. can can we just use like water breathing? You know, techniques. I know we're going. We're going to do First this with form. <laughs> I'm going to use second form. Oh my gosh, this guy's coming back. His slice. First form: thunderclap and flash. Godlike speed. Yes. So, okay, but how would you handle it if it was you? If you were good, Carlos, if okay. he was right there in front of you. No, no, no. Like, okay. this is, You're preparing yourself. We're, we're, we're saying we have some prep time. Because we're, we're implying that we already know he exists, mm-hmm. right? So if we know he exists, that means we've already had an encounter with him. Mm-hmm. And we'd be lucky to, to survive that encounter. But, it, yeah. but let's say that, that, well, we or someone we know has had an encounter with him. We've been made aware of him. Mm-hmm. But we lived. So we've got 23 years to prep. <laughs> now, with my prep time, I'm going to start a zoo. Because here's the thing. A lot of people immediately go to, like, Joe Exotic with tigers, right? 
<laughs> but but no, because we're here. We're this is going to be like a North American zoo. That I'm not obviously that, failed. I'm, well, yeah, but I'm not that crazy Oklahoman redneck. I'm the crazy Oklahoman redneck who's going to start the North American zoo, and I'm going to exhibit multiple species of ursine bears. Because bears, just like dogs and most other animals, will imprint on the things they see when they're young. And if you raise them from the time they're very young, you can become very friendly with bears. Now, I'm not saying I will have all my hands <laughs> when I meet this thing again. But what I'm saying is I will have six bears. <laughs> and I don't care what it can do. It can't do six bears. But... You have a flaw here. What if this dude wakes up in the middle of winter? Have you ever seen videos of what happens when you wake up a hibernating bear? Is this guy going to wake up a hibernating bear? If he's coming for me, he will, because I'm going to sleep with the bears. I would do that. That's the plan, Andrew. You don't understand. I know he has to come to me. Okay, so here's the question. Do you truly believe... And those six bears will be enough to take down this creeper. Do you not? Do you have you seen what a bear? Have you seen that that movie with DiCaprio? That thing slings him around like he is a stretch arm. But that's just a normal man. We're talking about something we do not know. I have too. six of them. <laughs> I'm not. I'm you not have done. six bears. <laughs> trained bears. I have to, to tap not three green mana for each one of these, Chucky. <laughs> this these bear. are three sixes. Like. They're okay. forest spirits. Okay, so I'll be I'll be the I'll be the bitch this group now. Now I'll take it out when he's asleep. That's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna hopefully somebody can give me a lead, tell me where he's at and everything, become Leatherface and start hacking him with a chainsaw. Well, well, you're wasting your time hunting him. I'm okay. training six bears. So you're taking that route. Huh? You're taking the bear route, right? And so yeah. And no, I'm so, taking the six bears route. So what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna make sure I have all the pieces together, but the head. So I keep the or I will keep the head and everything else will be scattered across. So that way he can just look at a doable shotgun right here. <laughs> and if he tries anything, don't have kids because they're going to play jokes with that head oh, the and they're going to draw it at story. you and he's going to wake up and chomp on your ear. <laughs> I mean, you can always just lose an ear. It's a and then he's off. got an ear so he can hear. And then when you put him back up, if those kids get traumatized, whatever. Well, guess what? He's going to slowly come back. I'm going to break into your house and steal his head and throw it in a porta potty hole. Oh, God. <laughs> I hope he doesn't like reach out or something. How would you take care of him, Andrew? Let okay, me... how would I take care of this dude? So we know he wakes up. How long does he stay awake? Well, it said he was awake for like, what, two weeks every 24 years or 23 years? 23 years every on oh, 23rd day. Well, well I'm he's going awake to Paris. for 23 days. That's what it was. Every every 23 years. I'm just traveling days. to Paris. Hey, it's my 23rd year. Cool. Going to Paris. I don't think that dude can fly that fast. <laughs> Andrew's solution is it's someone else's problem. Not my problem. I, I'm having a vacation. You know what? Here's another idea, too. What I'd like to point he out needs to buy ears. What I'd like to point out is that in this scenario, Andrew's one of the few people privy to his existence. He knows about it. He knows what it does. He knows it's coming. Yeah. And his answer is to peace out and leave it for the unsuspecting. So here's like which a... has worked for, like, what? <laughs> The last 800 years running in his favor. <laughs> yep. Well, here, do you think, though, like if you're in a submarine, you think he can mess with you then? If not, here's another one, too. If you freeze yourself, 
you don't have a scent or anything. So he'll just be wondering where you're at. Nope, nope, n- no. Well, no, here's the no. thing. He has an extra sense. That's where the six cents come in that no human body understands. But that, his that body, nose sponger thing. Yeah. Like it's like the Jacobson organ for a snake. Yeah. But here's the thing. He made wings. So we know that it's not he's not just replacing his parts he's, with your parts. He can make new parts with the people he eats. So, like, he could, in theory, just eat somebody and make gills and then come get you in a, in a submarine, right? But all I'm saying is that if you feed him to six bears, and then when you're done, you shoot <laughs> each of the bears in the head, and you bury the bears on separate continents, he's never going to be a problem again. Now, oh, my God. The hardest part for me in this story is going to be shooting the six bears I've raised from infancy. But I'm doing this for the best of the world. Like, I'm taking out the group. Hold on. What would you name these bears? Because I'm over here like, Dolly, I'm sorry, Dolly. Billy, you did a great job. Pal, Dolly, no. Yeah, you can look at it. You Francis, pal. You can look at the bear like, do you really, do you no. really want to know what I would name your bears? Because I know what I would name them, and it's sad, but I would, I would have would to name, name them something incredibly personal. So that I would get as attached to them as I wanted them to be to me to protect me from you this thing. You could name one actual Thor like you would for the head. I'm going to name them Dustin and Andrew and Mason no. and Troy and Chucky and Derek, my brother. You're and naming I'm, them after your friends. My friends and family because I have to. they have to love me and I have to love them. It's the only way this works. Because if he comes for me and they don't... <laughs> They'll peace out and leave me to get mauled by this thing because they're not stupid. I have to love them. And that means I have to name them after things I love. And that's why the hardest part for me is doing the best for the world at the end. And it's like, I'm sorry, Derek. You have to go first. Because if you get corrupted by the creeper, I can't do this. Can I give you a hug? Do you need a hug? No. I'm, I am the stoic paladin. I do this for the best of the world. I am the light. I am vengeance. I am going to go home. I'm sorry, Andrew. You ask. I gave you the answer. This is going... It went from zero to hundred real quick. Look, I'm the only one of us who came up with an actual solution. The rest of you are hey, just playing an immense hey, game. Hey, my solution is to make him feel on someone else. But you, you don't think he would be able to smell you from across the continent and just fly Oh, he there? could try all he wants, but he ain't getting to Paris from Oak Mill or Oklahoma. <laughs> Andrew's like, you ever seen the transatlantic winds? He could be in the ocean. <laughs> He's just going to die in the ocean. Hey, I, my, my two weeks is up. I'm going back to Oklahoma. He's going to meet me at the door in Oklahoma two weeks after he wakes up. And I'm going to be like, <coughs> F you, brother. <coughs> And I'm Andrew, dead. going to go to the red light district, come back with all the STDs, be like, eat me now. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, okay, so, Andrew, what were your three movies that you named that still... Oh, I only had that one, but if you want a second one... I really expected some shit like The Dark Crystal and The NeverEnding Story. No, Andrew. no, you're never going to expect this. Freaking Tangled. I, is that a Disney movie? It's it a is Disney, Disney movie. movie. Is yeah. it a Disney or a Pixar movie? It's a Disney it's movie. A, it's a Disney movie. Yeah, that's right. That's the chick with the hair. The the mother knows best. I, could you call it choreography? The freaking everything that was going on. The storyboarding, it, I think, is what you would call that every for an time, movie. Every time you hear that song pop up, 
Mother knows best. There is tons of work put in each and every step of those animations within that song. I was wowed by that so much that it sent, it gave me goosebumps. Mm. I, I did like that movie, but I think the reason I liked it was because I can't imagine the amount of work that went into just animating her hair. And then there's that. There's there's just so much work put into that there movie. There were so many individual mm-hmm. strands in her hair, <laughs> and like they were all moving and sentient. Mm-hmm. I feel like that probably made at least one yep. animator get a prescription mm-hmm. for antidepressants. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Like that. Yeah. They had to say goodbye to their family for a while. Yeah, exactly. That's correct. <laughs> they locked themselves in a room for three weeks just doing hair. Like they were there. Like, what did you do for the movie? I animated hair. Hey. Oh, what? good job. Thanks. My wife loved me. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, my dog is my dog is over here starving, and I can't feed him because I'm working on his stupid hair. Why do I gotta make it glow? Can't they just do something in the computer? No. I had a cat when I started this. Where'd he go? I don't know. I'm just saying. I just had a cat. <laughs> I can still smell him. He's around here somewhere. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, that that's my second movie, Tangled. And the third movie, now these are movies that left heavy impacts in my life, okay? Mm-hmm. And me as an actor, I've been an actor, not not like professional actor, like I can treat my but voice. you more than me. I've done a lot of videos. I've seen some of your YouTube works pretty mm-hmm. good. They're cheesy. But anyway, <laughs> the third movie that impacted me the most was, yeah, The Dark Knight. Surprisingly, right? Wait. With all the crap that's been happening in it. The first one? Or like just the whole trilogy or like nah, was it it was the first one. The very first one. The very first okay. one. So Batman begins. Yeah. <coughs> that one right. I, I watched it at the Thank uh, you theater. For clarifying. I was thinking the the Dark Knight and then the Dark Knight, right? Yeah. I thought <laughs> it was the second one in the trilogy, but right. It, it was the first. Batman uh, begins. We watched it together yeah. in the theaters. We did. We and did. That left goosebumps on me as well. I really liked, and this is something me and Andrew were talking about earlier. I loved that movie because they had great actors and they really acted their parts. Mm-hmm. However, there were a lot of things that I felt were fallen a little bit flat because they tried to adapt the comic book mentality for their characters to mm-hmm. live action. And at a certain point, you have to be more human than that. Right. So, not to cut that off from either one of y'all and everything, we were talking about the Batman uh, trilogy movies and everything. So, what was y'all's honest opinion on Heath Ledger's performance as the Joker? He was an incredible actor. Uh, Sorry. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and play devil's advocate because I, I have the black sheep opinion most of the time. He was an incredible actor. He acted that part as best he could. However, the character he played to me was not the Joker. It was a man who was profoundly scarred and damaged. Mm-hmm. He was incredibly tactical and very methodical with his methods, even if he played off the air of chaos. Mm-hmm. Everything he did had a method to it, right up until the boat thing. And I don't think he was expecting the guy to just throw the detonator out. Like, it's whatever. Yeah. But. That wasn't the Joker, because to me, the Joker will always be Batman's archenemy. And from the very moment that Heath Ledger lit the giant 
pile of money on fire mm-hmm. to prove some men just want to watch the world burn. No. Right then, the Joker would have shot him with a pistol that had a bullet in it and then a little flag that came out that said bang. Mm-hmm. Because he would have killed all those other people and used all that money to mess with Batman. Because that's that's literally what he lived for. That's why he didn't even want to know Batman's secret identity. He didn't want that out because it ruined the game. His whole thing was he existed to just absolutely pencil jam Batman. Yeah. And you know what's funny is, I won't tell many people this, but I was just going to make a, a a joke here and just say, that's not my Joker. Exactly. But That's then again, my Joker. my Joker is the animated, like, the, the Batman animated series, Mark Hamill. Absolutely. And Kevin Conroy's Batman. Of just pure chaos. You don't know what he's going to do. Mm-hmm. You can't. He's unpredictable. Yeah. He's, and one of my favorite things ever with him, what he would do is that laugh. It, it's, the cackle is perfect. Yeah. And while I'm voicing black sheep opinions, I will say one thing about Leto's Joker. I didn't care for most of his appearance. The tattoos, the punk pop boy, like, mm-hmm. he looked very feminine and not very jokery. However, I did like all of the silver caps and dental work. Because there's absolutely no way you spend four years getting your face mashed by a billionaire sociopath in a bulletproof suit mm-hmm. and have all your teeth. Look, this guy, that guy that you were talking about right there, he's the closest representation of the 90s Joker. Mentally. The Mentally. Mentally. The, that's where they went wrong with him. And that's, that's what I think what could have been portrayed better. As far as all of his appearances, you know, the the end scene in the helicopter, like Batman crashing the Lamborghini, all of the, mm-hmm. everything that he did as the Joker, even the scene with Common in the nightclub. Yeah. That's very Mark Hamill. That's that's very Joker yeah. mentality. Mm-hmm. It just is very, it's, it's the same thing that I say a lot. When you don't stick to the core materials that you're, when you don't stick to the source materials that you're referencing and you alter little things, it can break immersion for longtime fans. And it's hard for all of us who grew up seeing the Joker in this pressed, formal purple suit to be wearing purple leather pants and no shirt covered in tattoos. Yeah. Okay. It, it's a, it breaks the immersion. So, the next question, what do you all think about Joaquin Phoenix's Joker, then? Um, pause. Joaquin Phoenix. Who is this guy? Who is this guy to say, I am the Joker, when <laughs> they don't... Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just being that guy right now. I actually kind of agree with you because I think that his representation of the Joker was an excellent representation of mental health issues. However, I think that he had the the opposite effect that he should have. Everyone saw that and they glorified it and they made it like political. Yes, they, they, mm-hmm. it was very it. It was very idealistic and political, and it separated people, and it wasn't. The whole idea behind that character was to shine a light on mental health issues and how they're not properly treated in Gotham in, or in uh, the in modern the, world. Okay, can I... I'm going to pause you for a second. You're talking about this Joker right here. Yeah. So, is the Joker not mentally sane? As, as crazy as that sounds. He is mentally sane. Well, he but is, chaotically sane. He is 
he's sane, but he does have mental deficiencies. He has problems with impulse control. He has intense <clears throat> narcissism. And all those... He has delusions of grandeur. Was it created because of the situations of his living situation? I don't think so. See, and, and that's and, what that movie did, is it not? Kind of. It... it particularly Ledger's Joker, that was something I liked. There was a line, you know, if I have to have a backstory, why can't it be multiple choice? Yeah. Um, the the thing I liked about that is even in the old comics and in the 90s animated series, the Joker's background was ambiguous. There were Very. some that believed him to be Jack Napier, the man who came to assassinate uh, mm -hmm. Bruce mm -hmm. and Martha Wayne in that alley. Yeah. There are some that believe he was... Uh, <clears throat> The original magician who was the Red Hood. Yeah, okay, I remember um, that. Yeah. The original Red Hood. Yeah. Uh, he had a bunch of different backstories, but the whole aspect of the Joker is that regardless of whatever backstory you choose, he was a sane human being. He was completely normal. I mean, he might have been a bad guy. He might have been a good guy. It doesn't matter. He was a normal person. Mm -hmm. And whatever chemicals they threw him into at the Ace Chemical Plant that turned him yeah. into the Joker marred his appearance to such a degree that when he first saw it, it created this separation in his mind. It created this disassociative identity or, or alter ego, if you will, mm -hmm. that sort of took over and he became the clown prince, which is where all of these other mental issues stem from. That's when, that, when he became the clown prince, that's when I thought his personality split. But that movie... If you read the comic books, The White Knight, you get to see what happens when they actually develop a cure, and the Joker Become, becomes sane, and he actually becomes like the DA for Gotham. Yeah, I read that comic book. That was actually one of my favorite ones right there, because and, he's basically telling Bruce, I can do better than you. Yeah, well, and he does. I mean, like, he actually drops the Gotham crime rate by, like, 25%, and he turns the police against the Batman, like... And then, in the end of it, to keep them from unmasking the Batman, like, he goes off his meds intentionally so that they'll have a reason to let the Batman keep being Batman. Because, like, at the end of it, doesn't Bruce save his life or something? Mm-hmm. And, and then, Doesn't like, want he, to two-face him again? Oh, oh uh, I said again. I think, it, I think it was, like, Bruce figured out that taking the meds was killing him. And he told him, like, to stop, we'll find another cure. Mm-hmm. I think it's what it was. But, Damn. yeah, it, it was a whole thing. Like, yeah. As a sane human being, Jack Napier was like Gotham's DA, and, and he actually kicked some heavy ass. Did way better than Dent. That Dude, burnt if you could cracker. just imagine what Batman was going through that, through that, or Bruce Wayne was going through. No, Bruce Wayne's costume. <laughs> just imagine that, though. This dude is my enemy. I could let him die, and there be crime rate again, but not as much crime rate and not as much chaos. Well, At I the mean, same time, I could best. let him live because I'm I'm a human and I I just don't want to see my enemy suffer in that way. I mean, he kind of got the best of both worlds because he realized that the medicine was like keeping him sane, but it was killing him. But he didn't create a cure, so he gets the Joker back. Crime rate goes back up. Jack lives. He gets to keep his rule. Not yet to beat up people. I'm hurt. That's you over there. I'm going to beat you up. I mean, yeah. he is a billionaire beating up mentally disabled people for fun. <laughs> but while we're on the subject of Batman, um, I have a criminal justice degree. And when I was in college, I, I argued a lot with people in class because I thought it was funny. 
And when we were doing capital punishment debates, I was always chosen to argue for capital punishment because no one else wanted to and devil's advocate. You know, I, I don't mean to stop you, but what you're saying here just brought me the memory that we had. I don't know if you were there or not, but we were in Altus and we were all having a little get together at somebody's house. That's where we, I remember we met Chelsea Brett and some of her people at the twins. Oh yeah. And I remember one of their friends, she's like, I can just talk to anybody and I can't have an argument. Nobody can't make me mad. And you turned around and you're like, really? Yeah, that I did that. Those names are so fake, you will never realize. Nah, Chelsea was Skankatron 9000. We all remember her. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's um, terrible. But <laughs> he doesn't mean that. Ignore that. Yeah, don't, don't, don't put that in the, the There's Spotify. Such fake names. Oh my They're gosh, all fake names. We're going that's to say right. this person is especially uh, Plankatron Nine Thousand. Yes, the fakest name ever. Yeah, um, absolutely, absolutely. Anyway, you know, in one of my classes, one of the people arguing against the death penalty used the Batman defense of you know, if you murder a murderer, the number of murderers in the world stays the same. To which I responded with what I like to call the Frank Castle defense. Because I was, I, I love DC, but I read a lot of Marvel too. Mm. And when the Batman line became popular, Marvel's response was a cop asked Frank Castle that same question, the Punisher. He had just wiped out a large section of what I believe to have been the mafia in New York with a machine gun. Mm-hmm. And one of the detectives was like, Frank, you can't keep doing this. When you kill a killer, the number of killers in the world stays the same. And he says, you think I'm going to stop with one? And I said, well, what happens when you've killed them all and there's just one left? He says, then I'll kill myself and there's no more killers in the world. <laughs> and I can't help but feel like this is the one time Batman wasn't the smartest person in the room. Because Frank really raises, I mean, just basic math, Frank raises a point here. That is a strong point. Yeah. But... What was it Kurt Russell said in The Hateful Eight? You don't have to hang every mean bastard, but the really mean bastards you have to hang. Yep. That is a whole nother discussion. And mm-hmm. I am going to change that discussion. All right, what you got? Let's go. Okay, so uh, we can go into choreography. Yeah, yeah, yeah there is a scene in every movie that just wows people. Absolutely, like, wow! You know the r- things I love in movies are just endless takes. Mm-hmm. What I mean by endless takes, long shots, like the just Daredevil something series where you don't see mm-hmm. cuts. Daredevil had that John one Wick. scene going all the way up. The freaking stairs. Uh, you have I think Ip was, Man. I think it was John Wick that, that really like popularized that in recent times, too. Um, mm-hmm. No, I think it was Ip Man, to be honest. And then Daredevil made that more popular. Well, and then there was the, what were those movies? The Raid? Mm-hmm. That. This was about 2010. I've tried to mimic this in a music video. It's hard to do. Of, a, a continue a continuous shot. Yeah. And this was a music video with I don't know if you know Victor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. He had I I did a music video with him. Uh the music video was called Radio. But 
it was a continuous shot we was doing from him waking up, going to the fridge, seeing that there's nothing to eat, and he needs to go outside and, you know, and take off in his car. car. Yeah. Yeah, and we finished that shot. Well, that is what I love in movies. Love in movies. Mm-hmm. I think there's that's an, why I like anime so much. Anime because it can be animated seamlessly. Yeah. Yeah, so, and there's um, no limits to that. Either. Yeah. But um, go ahead, sorry. Yeah, you said Daredevil. It's we'll hard just to go do with that. live action. That right there, Daredevil, I think, takes the cake. I think that's that. why Iron Fist failed. Is you can't have Daredevil and Iron Fist produced by like Netflix on the same platform. Mm-hmm. And they have like 17 hard cuts in a fist fighting in Iron Fist between two people. While you have one long cut of Matt Murdock literally beating 18 men unconscious <laughs> in a hallway. <laughs> you yeah. can't without like, a single cut. Yeah, there's right? no you cut. You gotta have a cut. So, are there any movies that y'all love about that? Oh, man. So, as far as long cut sequences go, the one that, like, stands out to me the most will probably always be from, I think it was John Wick 2, the fight scene between him and the two Asian guys with the Karambits. Yes. Where, like, they're actually being nice and helping him out because they absolutely could have murdered him, like, six times. Yeah, the, the respect. They yeah. Respect yeah. At the very end of that one, yeah. But uh, it, it ultimately, he kills them both. Yeah. Um, and so, what good does respect do a dead man? But that's a whole different argument. That particular scene, to me, really emphasized how far actors go for that Mm -hmm. because that wasn't just one long shot that was one long shot of intensely rehearsed action so that nobody gets actually hurt yeah and nobody like nobody screwed it up everybody hit their marks everything went perfect it was a beautiful shot and that really stood out to me especially it was just beautiful for scenery with all the glass and everything Mm -hmm. it was a beautiful set beautiful scenery see one that falls in my head which I think you've seen this movie, but I don't know if you have. Old Boy. Yeah. With Josh Brolin. And that's the one with that. They keep him locked in a room for a while. For like many years. Yeah. And he finally got out. It keeps the lotion on the skin or else it gets the hose again? Pretty kind much. Of. Yeah. I don't, it's been a long time since I've seen it. I don't remember why they put him in a room, but they basically like lock him in a hotel room for like what, 10, 7, 10 years, something like that. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So he pretty much does like push ups. He does. He all basically his just works out and watches like sitting at sitcoms like daytime TV. That and he started watching kung fu movies and started practicing it, like most like Bruce Lee movies and everything. So just from you know watching that over and over again, he just pretty much became like a master in his own thing to all to his limits. He was, and like I said, you have meals and everything, so you don't go hungry. So you keep doing push ups. You're gonna do. You know, pull-ups and squats, whatever. This dude ends up being jacked. I mean, like, he literally has no social interaction either. Just a TV, a bed, and a toilet. That is it. Yeah, it's him, like, for years. So when he, like, gets out, he just kind of... I I don't think there's a better word for it than feral. (laughs) Yeah. I mean... (laughs) He just straight up goes ham. You remember, like... Have you seen Logan? 
or Rambo. I mean, no, yeah. specifically, like, yeah. the scene at the end of Logan where he just, like, goes ham on those yeah. guys in the woods. Yeah, just It's like, like Josh Brolin just does that the whole movie. Yeah. Oh, my God. So, yeah. he, he's running through, like, at least, like, 20 people, and he's, like, hitting people as he's still running, and then he gets cornered, so he has to end up fighting everybody in that room. Neither he kills half the men in that room, or the other, other half are unconscious, or the other very few are like, you know what? I'm just going to lay on this ground and... Take this L. He clotheslines like two people at once. It's nuts. He reverses this one guy's kneecap mid sprint. It's that's it's gross. How did I miss this it's, movie? Yeah, it's, it's a brutal movie. It is. They have a a, a, a endless cut. They have a, a couple a of scene. long shot, yes. long shot, or a yes. couple of long, 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 yeah, long cut. But the movie, I give it like four out of five stars. It it was great. It was a really Dude. good movie. Um, What's that movie we watched recently where the dude pulls up in the bus? No. Oh, you're talking about Nobody. Nobody. That was a good movie, That was a great movie. That bus scene? Yeah. If you haven't watched this movie, it came out last year. It's called Nobody. So, I recommend that. Uh, What's the guy's name? Oh, they just called him, like, a cleaner. You know, the the actor that plays him. I can't remember his name. Oh, I I want to say a badger. Is it a badger? A badger. (laughs) A badger. So, we didn't realize this, so we watched it. Bob Odenkirk. Yes. So, we didn't realize, this is the same guy, the same, uh, it's the same, I guess, we'll just be nerds, it's a universe, same world, whatever, same universe as John Wick. Mm-hmm. So, me and Andrew had a discussion, like, what if one had had, had a hit on the other, who would actually have the who would be Wick? Because you have to understand that when we watch Nobody, Odenkirk has been... Nobody way longer than John. John was out for like two years, and then his wife, like, I, I don't remember, has some illness, like just yeah. generic dead wife story. Yeah. And then, like, he pops a bunch of Russians, some guy pulls his marker, and now everyone's trying to murder him. So he lit, he, he got like a two year break. Bob Odenkirk's had kids. Like, he has had. Like he had, he had what two kids in that movie? Yeah, they were like I think the oldest one was like seven, seven like seventeen. The other one was like oh yeah, no he did he had that older one. She was like yeah. seventeen or eighteen. Yeah. So like he's been out for like so, we're we're just gonna say seventeen years because there's no way he's whacking kids with a baby. No, but you did see that he started getting back into his workout and everything as well too as like a montage. Not saying that's gonna give him instantly back in, but he beat up. Seven drunk Russians on a bus. John Wick stabbed Common in the heart on a train full of people with nobody knowing. (laughs) And I'm going to tell you that's two different levels of physicality. Okay. True. true. But go ahead, go ahead, Andrew. We can boil it down to this. Who's been in more gunfights? So we don't know. We just just assume after their retirement. No. Who's been in more gunfights? We fights? do know. Okay, that's Because what? that is absolute. The single scene in John Wick, the first one, where he lines up all the guns in the nightclub and he's going through the tunnel. Just that right there. That's more gunfights than Bob Odenkirk, than Bob Odenkirk has probably I, ever been in. I will say this, though. One of my favorite gun scenes in John Wick was in the third one with him and Halle Berry. They just cleaned yes. the shop. With just pistols. And the shepherds. Yes. And the shepherds. And they're just like grabbing magazines from dead bodies and just using that or picking up their actual gun and just still tagging people. You remember like close to the end of that scene where the guy has like got Halle Berry at gunpoint and the shepherd runs across the table Mm. and jumps on him and then starts grabbing him 
by what we're going to call the family jewels. Mm -hmm. And Halle Berry disregards him for a solid 15 seconds while she shoots like two more guys. Mm -hmm. And then she turns back and empties the clip into that man. Savagery. She could have just shot him in the face. Instantly, the second that happened. She had like eight rounds left. And the dog had him by by the jewels. Yeah. That guy got it the worst. There was no one else in that entire movie that got it that bad. You can get shot in both kneecaps. You can have your fingers cut off. Give me that wood chisel. I'll give you a finger pick one. You don't turn a shepherd on me for the better part of a minute and then empty a mag in me. We're not doing this. Just give me the wood chisel. I'll walk through your desert. I don't care. That guy got it bad. <laughs> he he did. I agree. I agree with that as well. Because he's, <laughs> he's not thinking of anything. Oh, man, I should have called in a day. I never said goodbye to my mama. <laughs> Nothing. You're like, oh, those dogs are my balls. Please. I was three stop. days from retirement. <laughs> <laughs> and then all he does is look up and he's like, thank you, God. You remembered me. And she popped rounds in the head. Hey, Amir, I brought your coffee mug back Oh, that's a cute dog. And, like, that's just, that's how his day ended. That guy got it rough. He didn't even get to, like, I mean, okay, he had her at gunpoint. Like, he was probably going to shoot her. But realistically, once the dog grabbed him. Game over. You just shoot him in the face. Like, I, I don't, I know there's probably going to be. You know, some women that will disagree with me and be like, "Well, he still could have lived a life." No, no, no. really, no, he couldn't. <laughs> if you're a man, yeah, you will understand. At that point, just give me sweet, merciful slumber, like forever. <laughs> put me in the forever box. Take me off the census. Put me on a t-shirt. Whatever you want to call it. <laughs> but I don't. I don't want to live on this planet anymore. <laughs> I also. <laughs> On the subject of long shots, I also just really love the movie Equilibrium. Uh, it had Christian Bale and Sean Bean in it. Yeah. They, Was that like an early 2000 movie? Oh my yeah. gosh. And it's about like this dystopian future where emotions are outlawed and everybody yes, takes this yes. stuff to suppress it. Can you imagine if life was actually like that? I, well, I mean... Yeah, there'd probably be some benefits. We'd have a lot less. Like, I don't think there wouldn't be like much wars. There'd be no. Hate yeah, no. There would be like, a lot less just blatant violence. But one of the scenes that I really liked is you know all of the gun kata scenes where they do all of the kung fu with their pistols, mm-hmm. and that was accomplished by just speeding up the film. Yeah, like, the actors were really doing the motions and doing the flips and stuff. They just sped up the frames, mm-hmm. and I think that's cool. But it, it's still one long shot. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. It was, it a lot was, of physicality. It's like in the Matrix when the the whole hallway scene where Neo's yeah. like dodging all the machine gun fire running between the pillars and stuff. Yeah. I just thought of another movie. Three hundred. Oh my gosh, the slow motion scenes. But who's a uh, who's the, the so uh, producer? Who, it was a was it Zack Snyder or was it, no he just directed that one he directed the three hundred was a good movie oh there's your moth friend yeah I was the three hundred was a chuckle. really good movie however <laughs> it Books! was it was as historically accurate as like 
the movie uh, about, you know, the birth of America on Netflix, like the animated series where George Washington has a chainsaw fist or something like. Yeah. I mean, it was not very historically accurate. There were some things. The battle at Thermopylae was a, it was a really cool battle in history. However, the movie makes it seem like they did a lot more work than they actually did. Yeah, the Persians did show up with like a million troops on a bunch of boats, but the pass was so narrow that the 300 Spartans could line up like 10 or 15 deep, you know, shoulder to shoulder in a phalanx and keep them out. And where they had to anchor their boats were up really close to the shore and the cliffside, and they had a shit storm during the fight, and it smashed or capsized most of the Persian vessels, so that when they did eventually breach the Thermopylae, the, the, the Hellgate at Thermopylae, they just didn't have enough left to go any further. <laughs> so they were like, yeah, we won, and now we have to go home with like 200,000 guys, because the other 800,000 of us are dead. I gotta say, the slow motion scenes within the movie 300, they were... They were a bit long, but they were also cool. <laughs> I and it was fun watching. I said watching, watching how they actually made those scenes. That 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 was was the fun part. That was pretty cool, and I, I did I do agree. The slow motion scenes did feel like they drug on a bit longer than they should have. Yeah. What I would have really liked too is rather than so much slow motion I wish they would have done a few more scenes in real time yeah you know like some of the fight choreography in John Wick I think I I would have liked to have seen that portrayed the sword and shield combat also I think a lot of it would have looked better in real time Mm -hmm. the slow-mo jump off a shield is cool yeah but if you show me some guy like hardcore parkour across five guys (laughs) shoulders to stab some giant Persian Goliath I'm going to think that's way cooler. Yep. I dig it. I dig that. I also really, and I know this will probably sound a bit cheesy, it's my cat. It's my cat. I don't need the undercover brother, your cat? No, he's just making noise. He's walking in the leaves. I really like the old action movies. Like, and, and I know that Arnold Schwarzenegger would probably tell you this was not one of his better films, but I loved The Last Action Hero. I love that movie. I thought that movie was great. Never watched it. But one of my <laughs> favorite movies of all time, and it's one that not many people have watched, so I, I don't blame you if you haven't seen it, but it was a Sylvester Stallone movie called Cobra. Yep. Never watched it. Most people haven't. Wow. It was a really good movie. And for the time... It was... Uh, Name that movie again? Cobra. Cobra! Yes. Cobra! Is that where that comes from? Uh, no. It's a G.I. Joe that reference? Is, uh, that is a G.I. Joe <laughs> reference. It's not a JoJo of, reference. Is this a JoJo's reference? Um, speaking of, I have a friend on Xbox Live whose gamer tag is Dr. Killshot. And when we became friends, the first words I said to him were, it's fumbles. It was always fumbles. (laughs) (laughs) Good. We both had a good laugh. We've been friends for like three years. Robot Chicken brings people together. Okay, how about this? An animated series that I love, that I always 
still to this day continue to watch Archer. Good series. Wow. Too. So I don't mean to interrupt you, but we have less than five minutes because we were about to hit an hour. Oh, this, but go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, that's it. Just Archer is just amazing. You should watch it. Dang it. So Archer, how many seasons does Archer have? Like 10? Enough for you to watch it. Enough to us for watching. So Andrew recommends Archer. So, <laughs> I mean, if, if we're just leaving recommendations, my recommendation is, is Invincible. One season, Amazon. Oh, oh my gosh! Watch the first episode. <laughs> oh my gosh! That is, that is on Amazon In- Invincible. It is not your average superhero show. If you like Run the Jewels, they do a lot of the soundtrack for it. It's a really accurate representation of what superpowered melee yeah, combat. Think about it, Andrew. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a lot of meme potential. Uh, you've seen the Omni Man memes. That's where that comes from. Uh, they got uh, Jonah Jameson from the Spider-Man movies, the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies, to voice Omni-Man. It's great. Stephen Yoon voices uh, Invincible. His son is Glenn from The Walking Dead. It's just it's a great series. I highly recommend it. Watch the first episode. If the fight at the end doesn't convince you to watch the rest of the series, then it's probably not for you. And if if you're not looking for a cartoon series where it's like superhero powered whatever, and you need a a real life superhero powered whatever that's kind of on that same line, the boys. The boys. Yeah. Yeah. The boys. If you haven't watched it, you should. It's exactly the same as Invincible. And it is also on Amazon. Two seasons are already out, I believe. Third's on the way. <laughs> yep. So, we think we're going to wrap it up here. Thanks for sticking with us this long. Yep. Whatever. <laughs> I appreciate my buddies here doing this. My uh, podcast with me and everything. I felt like it was pretty good. There was an adult moment with these two and everything. So, until the next time, peace. <laughs>